0: 2020, a year that probably most of us look forward to. We were all eager to know what was in store for us that year but as it turns out 2020 had other plans in mind no one had the slightest idea that a microscopic virus would be halting not only a city not only a country but the entire world no individual was really prepared for what would be the greatest plot twist of the century in a year of zoom burnouts mask profiteering and virtual yoga the past year has transformed nearly every aspect of our daily lives. Living through a global pandemic has driven dramatic shifts in our jobs, schooling, eating habits, and even our collective sense of time. Surely, the world is eager for the pandemic to subside and for life to return to normal. Fast forward to this very day, new variants still keep on surfacing every now and then still leaving people stuck at their homes, either attending online classes or working, despite the fact that vaccines have already been developed. A question a lot of people still have on their minds and have been asking thus far, how long will this continue? A generous dose of empathy and understanding of that truth will make us all stronger as we rebuild and remake our world in the year ahead. Join us in today's episode of Tell Med About It, as the University of St. LaSalle College of Medicine Student Council proudly presents Dethroning the Corona, the Dynamics of the New Normal. Can we still return to how things were before the pandemic? How will the new normal look like? Need answers to these questions? Tune in to find out. What brings you in today is produced by the Association of Philippine Medical Colleges Student Network Visayas Regional Health Policy Committee in partnership with University of St. Salle College of Medicine Student Council. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect APMCSN an Visayas and the participating medical school.
1: Welcome to the third episode of Tell Med About It, a health policy podcast presented by the APMC-SN Visayas Health Policy Committee. I am Carl Michael Boyko, your host for today, from the University of St. Sal College of Medicine, and together with me is Herzl Lorraine Prio. Herzl, how are you feeling today?
2: Hello, Carl. Everything has gone well today, and I'm really excited for today's episode. How
1: about you? I'm feeling great. All right, let's keep this short and get started. Our topic for today's podcast is Detroning Corona, Uh, Dynamics to a new normal. How has your quarantine been treating you?
2: Um, Of course, there's has been a huge psychological impact uh, when the quarantine started because um, I think a lot of us uh, were able to experience frustration since we are really not that certain about the future. And of course, as students, we get easily bored, right?
1: What have you changed in your lifestyle in the past two years to cope with what's going on?
2: Oh Well, you know, Carl, nothing much has changed. Um, it's just that, you know, when you're at home, you uh, easily tend to overeat. And of course, um, you know, you cannot really do social interactions anymore. So during the pandemic, all we did was to have social gatherings through Zoom.
0: Mm.
2: How about you? Did it also uh, change or... Did, you, did it also change your lifestyle or can you still go back to your normal pre-pandemic lifestyle?
1: Um, I think I can still go back to my pre-pandemic lifestyle. If, if, the, if there are less cases now and you can go outside more often, I don't think there's uh, a problem anymore with being too cautious mm-hmm. with, with, with going outside. Just, just keep your mask on and uh, carry on with your day. Yes, I
2: totally agree with that.
1: Since the year 2020, COVID-19 has changed the lives of millions of Filipinos. Pandemic is one of the words that define 2020. It literally means affecting everyone. Coronavirus has altered every part of our existence and led to unexpected discoveries. People began buying in bulk as a result of the impending lockdown, with alcohol and hand sanitizer being the most sought-after products, next to tissue papers and hand towels.
2: So just to give you a quick rundown, the first case of a mysterious new respiratory ailment was discovered in Wuhan, China two years ago. It is an infectious disease caused by the SARS-CoV-2 virus and what concerns the people now is the continual rise of the new variants and how long the coronavirus pandemic will last. And since that first incident partner, more than 5 million people have died. The majority of individuals on earth have experienced some type of lockdown. At least one vaccination has been given to 54% of the world's population, albeit the doses have been dispersed unevenly. We know much more about the disease and how to treat it, but the end still isn't in sight.
1: Now without further now without further ado to discuss more about the topic, we have a guest speaker. Our our guest speaker for today is a graduate of the of West Visayas State University College of Medicine batch 2007. He had his postgraduate inter, internship and in internal medicine residency training at Dr. Pablo O. Torre Memorial Hospital and graduated last December, 2011. He then had his fellowship training at the Lung Center of, of Philippines, Department of Pulmonary Critical Care and Health Medicine. Currently, he is affiliated with the following hospitals, Dr. Pablo O. Torre Senior Memorial Hospital, Bacolod Adventist Medical Center, The Doctor's Hospital and Queen of Mercy Hospital. He is also medical director at Una Consulta, past chairman of the Committee of Medical Education and Training, and president of the medical staff organization of Dr. Pablo Otore. In addition, he is also the current president of Suntown Camp Foundation, Inc., and of the Philippine College of Physicians Negros Occidental Chapter. Lastly, he is the vice president of the Philippine College of Chess Physicians Negros Occidental. Everyone, join me today as we welcome our guest speaker, Dr. Ronel Sario. Good doctor. thank you very
3: much carl and Hursel, and thank you for having me today for your special moment of discussion about all the things that we are going to discuss this morning
2: thank mm-hmm. you also doctor for facing us with your presence
3: today so how are you feeling today doc well uh i feel good but we're very much hopeful with what is coming up as we paddle away from this wave of pandemic mm-hmm. so hopefully we're moving on the right direction
1: Yes, I can totally agree with that. And um, without further ado, we could uh, we could discuss a bit of, about how the world's been how the world's been going through since this pandemic. Yes. Um, the vaccine has the vaccine is to stop the COVID pandemic, and we should reflect on what on what it's accomplished for humanity. Its most recent accomplishment being the lowering of daily cases since. Since the start of the year when it spiked up to 36K per 30k daily until, until three months later where there's only at least 500 cases yes. now.
2: Yes, that's right. So we were able to our research doc, that uh, according to the DOH, the daily average uh, COVID uh, cases uh, 510 from just uh, March 14 to 20 were 13% lower than the new infections prior to the week in question. And we were able to also see, Doc, that there are initial studies uh, that coronavirus vaccines, particularly without those without booster shots, are less effective against uh, the new variant, the Omicron variant. So what can you say about this one, Doc?
3: Okay. Before I proceed with the booster shots, I think uh, one of the reasons why we had this decline in the number of COVID cases is because we have vaccinated almost uh, more than half of the population. And it it really shows that vaccine really works. And with regards to the booster, just like other vaccines, um, according to CDC and WHO, they mentioned that for Johnson & Johnson, after three months, there's a waning of the effect of the vaccine. Well, whereas to the other vaccines, as you reach five to six months, there is also a waning of the efficacy of the vaccine. So that is why that we are giving booster shots for this to further strengthen the effect of the vaccine into a longer period of time. Because all these things, now the vaccines are part of a new strategy or trials, proven trials actually, that could help us end this pandemic. And Mm -hmm. since this is a long way process and this is a learning curve for all of us, just like other vaccines, we can still see that somehow we are trying to see if the waning effect is really that concrete, no? But they just would like to presume that In five months, there's a little decrease or decline Mm -hmm. in the effect of the vaccine and the booster could help a lot. And as you can see, a lot of our surges now, we can see different pictures in different waves of surges that we have. Especially now that most of us are vaccinated, so you can see a little milder and more tolerable kind of COVID effect Mm -hmm. among our population.
2: So yes, Doc, but with regards to that one, doc, did you really think that uh, we have already reached
3: uh, herd immunity? Uh, according to the census, I got this from our city health officer last night, we already reached, we already vaccinated more than 100% of our 80% population. So according to WHO, 70% of the population, if we could vaccinate this percentage, uh, we can uh, reach the herd immunity, but just to be safe, you have to reach 80 to 95% for covid percent. So I think we have reached somehow, but medio we still have a struggle on giving booster doses to this population who got the initial COVID vaccines.
1: Speaking of booster doses, though. Um do you think people who have already recovered from being infected by COVID-19 still need the booster shots? Yes, yes. The infectious disease specialist,
3: or the PISMID, the Society for Infectious Disease, uh, as well as the PCCP, the Philippine College of Chest Physicians, where I am in, uh, we still recommend no, booster shots for these patients because we still don't know the immunity effect of, the, of COVID in their body after the COVID infection. So... They would suggest that after 90 days from severe COVID infection, the patient could already receive their vaccines for COVID or as well as booster vaccines. However, for those who are presenting with mild, asymptomatic COVID, they can receive their vaccines as early as 14 days after their recovery.
1: Um, There's been news of a new variant called the Deltacron, do you think? is Is there something to be done about it,
3: like, okay. it actually uh, with this kind of pandemic, virus would usually mutate mm-hmm. uh, as we go along as we face this pandemic, and it is like a natural phenomenon that happens to these viruses because the viruses would depend on the host cells so If this is transmitted from a person to another person then there will be variations in the genetic makeup of the virus. So along the way, we can see a lot of variations for these viruses as well as mutations. But what matters is is through testing, we can see the difference of this certain variant to another with regards to their transmissibility, their virulence, as well as their severity when they infect another person. And hopefully, as we can see the pattern from the Delta variant to Omicron variant, we can see different patterns as well as transmissibility. So as compared to the Delta, Omicron is quite more transmissible.
1: Transmissible. But
3: there are a lesser severity of cases that we have received so far. But that is not yet a final or absolute conclusion for that because We are still collecting data about it, but hopefully, uh, as the virus would mutate, it would become a lesser uh, virulent and lesser fatal type of
2: variant. But are we expecting more variants to come this year, Doctor? Of
3: course! As what I have said, uh, genetic mutation would really come as we still have this virus in us. So it is really important to stop the transmission of this virus in order for us to prevent further mutation.
2: So thank you so much, Doctor, for uh, discussing to us uh, regarding the booster shots and the vaccinations.
1: Um, let's take on the, uh, the online classes. Okay. Like, how has it affected, like, like, how do you, like, do you teach now? Do you teach? Do you teach now, Doctor? Yes, like, yeah. uh how are the online classes for you with your students? Like, Is it proving difficult to teach them or are you finding new ways? In... Okay.
3: Uh, human as we are, we learn to adapt to a lot of things and it is much easier for us to adapt to this kind of uh, platforms when we teach students. For me, since I'm not I'm a techie side of person, it is easier for me to adopt to this kind and uh, I'm all, all around so I find it more beneficial for me when we do online classes. but the learning, I think since our body is uh, made up of uh, having socialization as part of our learning process. So we learn based on observation, Aside from theoretical, as well as there's also a social factor no, when we have access to face-to-face classes. So it's quite different. But based on studies, uh, online consultations, even consultations and uh, learning could still give the benefit for the students, but somehow it is not really at par no, mm-hmm. with the uh, face-to-face or actual classes. Even on consultations, because once you see the patient, personally, it's different when you interpret only by words and visuals.
2: Another one, Doctor, would be regarding traveling, since it has become tedious with some countries. And also, there are areas closing off to keep COVID from spreading there, especially the malls, right? And the most business buildings now require a backtrack card, and sometimes the back. the vaccination card before entry to their establishment. So, for you, Doctor, what do you think were the ups and downs of restricted travel during this pandemic?
3: Okay, let's first discuss the downs, I think. The restriction, it affected economically. So, the significant uh, impact of the lockdowns is the livelihood of the people. Not because they cannot do, do their own businesses as well as most of the establishments would close because of the lockdowns, because, uh, especially that people won't go out and won't consume the, their products as what pre-pandemic would give them. However, the, cons, the, pros for, the pros for this or the ups for this is that we limit the transmission. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go back to the pathophysiology of COVID where transmissibility is a great factor where we could stop the spread the further spread of covid infection since this is a droplet infection so you can acquire this by just facing talking to someone without any barriers so lockdowns really help no? in limiting
1: the number of cases and social gatherings were also prohibited yes and they were discouraged due to the risk of spreading which was a major problem back then but uh, thanks to all the vaccinations and booster shots uh, there's this there is less of a risk now, so do you have any words of caution to any of those uh, social gatherers, like during the rallies okay. and such, or even, the, or even weekend parties now? Like, do you, are there, is there anything you would like to say to them mm. to like, keep them aware that there's still a pandemic going on? Yes,
3: speaking of the rally, I was there at the rally you know, recently here in Negros, which was historical. Still, we, with the volunteers, we oriented them The COVID is still there. So we have to stick on the basic protocols. Masking is the number one uh, barrier that we can have, as well as distancing as much as possible, and staying in an environment which is not enclosed. So ventilation is very important. And of course, the vaccination. So, all these parameters or all this um, what we call uh, basic things that we need to do should be done as a whole you just do or wearing mask, do mm-hmm. gathering in the effective if if it is done individually it should be a compilation of all these things to be effective mm-hmm. in the Prevention of
2: transmission. So we were able to remember that since the start of the pandemic, the face masks and face shields are really uh, strictly implied to prevent the spread of COVID. Right. However, right now, um, only masks are required, and face shields uh, became optional because they hinder what they say to the field of vision of people and sometimes it can lead to accidents. So, okay. Uh, do you think, Bob, are the regular face masks that uh, we use right now enough to lessen the spread of COVID?
3: Okay, there are levels of protection that each mask would give us. Mm-hmm. So like this one, the surgical mask that we have, it is not as effective as compared to the respirator mask or two N95s mm-hmm. that would give you 95% protection. But you have to choose the best mask where you are situated in. So if you are working in a hospital, so better use the N95 or the respirator mask because you are exposed to patients who are likely to be COVID positive or carriers. So face shields are still being done or being used, uh, encouraged to use used in hospitals because they are exposed to droplets, oh, no? yes, yes. exposure to, as well as other fluids mm-hmm. from the patient's body, so that could be a protection. And with regards to the common places, like in other areas, like some non-medical like persons, mask, you can use this mask. But what is important here and what is being emphasized is it should be tight-fitting. Mm-hmm. No? So, like surgical masks, you have to make sure that it is tight here on the nasal area on the side just to avoid exposure. So, masking is number one priority as well as this should be done together with other basic health protocols. Thank you so much, Dr. Um, what about the
1: uh, face-to-face classes coming back since uh, there's no longer a really strict quarantine and there's less infected you think uh, it will become mandatory sooner, sooner or later or will we, it still remain
3: optional? I think we are really going there, we are really going back, not really to the normal but at least to a new normal. So hopefully the cases will continue to go down and lessen but Some of our neighboring countries are having their Omicron surge right now. So hopefully we won't have that kind of surge again. But we are going leading to that way and face-to-face classes are quite important. Mm -hmm. Especially it has been very taxing for parents also. It's a double effort for parents to also educate their children who are doing online classes. And it helps not only theoretically or intellectually, but you also learn the social aspect and emotional aspect in school when you face other people. So it is very important, but we still need to follow the protocols as well as vaccination would really help. Not protecting these kids as well as other students in going back to -to face-to-face
2: classes. Thank you so much, Doctor. So I guess that brings us to the end of this episode.
1: The third episode. We appreciate you. Thank you. We appreciate you taking the time to speak to us, Doctor Sario. As a frontliner, we hope you continue to stay safe and in the line of duty and help progress the overcoming of, of this pandemic. Thank you very
3: much for this opportunity, and hopefully, as you also face your wards as well as your patients. This is very essential, especially in your training as medical students and soon to be our colleagues. Okay, thank you very much and God bless.
2: Okay, so as a sign of our gratitude, we present the certificate of appreciation to Dr. Sari.
1: We all hope that everyone has learned something from this third episode of Tell Med About It. We are more than honored to be a part of the initiative of APMC, SNCIS and USLS Student Council.
2: Yes, I agree with that partner and since our government pressed to usher in a new normal and jumpstart the road to recovery, we still need to keep in mind that the pandemic is still not over as it moves to its third year now. And as future positions, one way for us to help combat the spread of COVID-19 and limit its impact on healthcare systems that are already under strain We need to help build people's knowledge and awareness. We need to encourage communities to take preventative steps, such as first getting vaccinated, and also excellent hygiene and physical distancing in accordance with national government rules and accepted best
1: practices. Remember to stay informed with what's happening. With the current events going on in the country today, it's easy to become misinformed or ignorant about the pandemic. Keep in mind that COVID-19 is still around us and your actions can help prevent further outbreaks by spreading awareness. Once again, I am Carl Michael Cuico.
2: And I'm Marissa Lorraine Frio. And, and this, this has, has been, been the
1: third, third episode of, of Tell Me About It. About it.